This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Welcome to another awesome episode of Splash Pages. Today, we have a very special guest, Mark Stansel and Daniel Hancock of Terminus Media. And uh, he talks about his upcoming book, Dominion, and uh, also what it's like to run an indie comic company. Also, after that, we're going to discuss Batman Black Mirror. This is the last storyline in the original run of Detective Comics right before New 52. This is a storyline featuring Dick Grayson. It's written by Scott Snyder with illustrations by Jock and Francesco Francevilla. And uh, following the Imposters storyline by David Hine is the final arc in the original run of Detective Comics. And uh, it begins Snyder's Batman run, which we all know was phenomenal. But enough of that. Here's the show. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Uh, and you know what this means? Splash Pages is live. we got an awesome full show scheduled for you today. And uh, as always, the Velvet Joker is joining us. How's it going, Rich? Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Nice to see everyone. Yeah, full house tonight. And we have Drew. Noodles. Drew, you're frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Is he live or is he Memorex? Uh, oh, there we go. Uh, it, <laughs> Justin, how's it going? Oh, it's going great, Leo. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, now, uh, we also have uh, some special yeah. guests with us. We have Mark Stansel from Terminus Media. How's it going, Mark? Hey, hey guys. I'm doing great. And uh, also from Terminus, we have Daniel Hancock. How's it going, sir? Pretty great. How you doing? Doing great. Uh, so uh, why don't you, uh, either Mark or Daniel, would either of you like to introduce us to Terminus Media? Tell us all what it's about. Sure. Um, I'll do the little Terminus intro. Uh, we're a, a you know, faith and family friendly entertainment company. And um, I'm in Atlanta. Uh, Daniel's in Michigan. Uh, but we work with people all over the world, uh, Australia, uh, the Philippines, uh, lots of folks in the United States. And uh we make comics and animation and film, and uh, so that's us. Very cool. Uh, and you have a new book coming out, uh, or Dominion has two F, uh, issues out right now, and a third one's coming out soon? That's right. Awesome. Yeah, Dominion, uh, Fall of the House of Saul. Uh, we're coming out with Chapter 3 uh, What in a month that's or right, so, Daniel. Month. Chapter right? 3. Right. Awesome. Yeah, D Dominion uh, is it's a comic book, and we've done chapter yep, one and chapter plan. two. Yep. I was just working on it moments before oh. I jumped on here. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, think we got a little bit of a delay. Uh, actually, hold on. I'm going to jump in here for a quick second, and uh, hopefully everything will smooth on out. We have the trailer for Dominion. Here it is. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little more about it and Terminus Media. They are defeated. I have carried out the commands of the Almighty. Enough! This tribute better than obedience? Because you have rejected his command, he has rejected you! Wait! The Almighty has torn the Dominion from you today! Samuel! And has given it to one who is better than you! A man after his own heart! Samuel! We cannot stand by while our people are under attack. I will not be dictated to by a child. I could save the kingdom, mother. Would you have me do nothing? Do not stir up your father's rage. You will tear this family apart. 
The Philistines are coming. Open your eyes, Jonathan. Our father is not the just king you wish him to be. You have duties to this family, to your people. I saw a young warrior. Who did you see? The spirit of the Almighty was with him. I will not lose my throne. Dominion is mine. I am king. I am Saul. And I got a link for Terminus in the show notes down below or up above. I believe we lost uh, Daniel. Oh, no, he came on back. <laughs> okay. There hey, you go. I'm back. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no worries. Uh, uh, we had a little bit of a delay issue anyway. Uh, welcome back. Now, you said you were working on this before you came on today. That's right. Yep. We are in the thick of it. We're working on the artwork and the dialogue and getting the last uh, of the story structure kind of mapped out for this and, uh, and finalized and polished. And it's on your way, on the way to you. So should be good. Very cool. Uh, when should people expect uh, issue three? Um, I'm not sure what our exact date is. Should be sometime in May, so next month. Very yeah. cool. Now, uh, with the animation, uh, are are you going to be doing an animated series along with it, or was this for just for a promotion? It's for promotion, but uh, kind of a proof of concept as well. Uh, animation is definitely something that we're hoping to uh, to move towards uh, soon. Actually, right. we're just meeting about that today as well. Nice. <laughs> a lot of things going on here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Daniel, uh, Daniel uh, are you the, you're the penciler then? No, no, actually, uh, Dr. Baron Bell is the uh, creator of Dominion. He's the guy who made up the entire universe that you're seeing on the screen there. And uh, he's the uh, penciler, the primary artist for the, the book that you see. And then we also are working with a couple others mm -hmm. who do inks and colors, too. So I'm, a, I'm actually the writer behind the okay. uh, thing. So Baron and I work on the script together. And so, yeah, kind of writing, editing, that kind of stuff is mm -hmm. what, what I work on for this Great. So is the, what, what you're writing, do you feel uh, what's going from pencil to paper is being transitioned properly um, in uh, a, uh, you know, dramatic form um, as it's coming out on the paper? You know, that's the goal, right? Uh, we, we do the best we can to really um, kind of mine those stories for gold, you know, and bring out what we're, what we're seeing in the characters' motivations and the ideas of the story. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely, uh, Baron and I work very hard to make sure that the artwork is is doing its job in communicating what's happening. And so a lot of it is just kind of making sure that that syncs up to what we're doing with the with the overarching story, um, and that the dialogue and such uh, kind of complements what uh, what we're seeing on the page there. Sweet, yeah. awesome. And uh, what are you guys doing for distribution right now? Um, for distribution, we're we're selling the book directly on our website, terminusmedia.com. Um, we sell it digitally, and we sell physical copies, and we typically have a special edition mm -hmm. that we sell as well um, for the Uber you know, folks who 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 like to have limited edition comics and who are collectors. Um, so we're we're selling everything directly um, right now and building our audience. And um, yeah, we've. We've distributed books through Diamond Comic Distributors in the past and and other channels, but as we as we build our audiences for these books, um, we're 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 only selling them directly um, at this time. Okay, great. Yeah. Awesome. I had a question for you guys about the name Terminus. Um, the the definition of the word Terminus is um, 
you know, uh, there's a couple different ones, but one of them I thought was interesting, kind of related to the Book of Dominion, was uh, in architecture, it could be a figure of a bust of a human or an animal. Is that where we're getting the name Terminus from? Uh, no, the, the name Terminus actually comes from the, from the name of Atlanta, where our company uh, started about 20 years ago. Um, uh, you know, the, the name of Atlanta before Atlanta was Marthasville. And before that, it was terminus because it was the terminus or the end of the rail line. The rail line didn't go any farther than Atlanta back in the day. Um, so it was basically like Atlanta was the end of the line. <laughs> I'm learning all kinds <laughs> of civilization. No that's where it came from. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's great. Awesome. Good yeah. question. I love that peek behind the curtain on uh, things like this to figure out where those ideas come from, because a lot of times you can see the passion and the synergy from people who are kind of like, oh, this is this is here. We're here. And everything kind of came ground, you know, grassroots upward. So that's that's kind of a cool story. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, we were just a, a bunch of screenwriters in Atlanta 20 years ago, and there was no film business in Atlanta whatsoever. There was no <laughs> Marvel films. You know, there was nothing. Just and, and, watch. And nobody exactly all we had was this weird convention called dragon con which i don't know if you guys have ever been or heard of it but it was the only kind of out there kind of uh you know pop culture thing that we had yeah. um so we're a bunch of writers oh, we've heard of it exactly <laughs> we didn't live in los angeles or new york so uh, we started making comic books to sort of storyboard out our screenplays and then uh, we started doing animation uh to promote our comics and then clients ask us to do comics and animation for them uh one of our clients is cdc we did over an hour of animation for them and they're here in atlanta um so yeah it's just been a slow um progression and uh you know that that key element of success persistence right and so it's it's crazy how the film business has just grown up around us um here in atlanta it's it's a great thing yeah, uh, speaking of film, I was going to do a, a dorky uh, joke saying, uh, you know, do you have cannibal issues in terms of... <laughs> uh, for people that don't get that reference, it's uh, Walking Dead. It's ah uh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, I have yeah. actually that map of Terminus. Yeah. Oh, nice. Showing that there's like a map of Terminus uh, from the Walking Dead show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love Robert Kirkman. Uh, I love his stories about you know writing writing comics and sort of spending his last dollar and then sort of. Uh, having a panic attack on the floor of the little house he lived in and thinking, if this comic book doesn't work, <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> um, yeah, just a visceral story of, of again, persistence. Yeah. He's a great writer. Uh, Drew, sounded like you were trying to break in there. Uh, what were you going to say, my friend? It's so it's so hard. I feel like I'm on a game show. <laughs> um, you know, I just want to buzz in to get the right answer. Um, what I was saying is just watch now for Justin's answer. He's going to say that instead, because it's just going to sound, you know, I mean, yes, he's got the sentimental wonderfulness, but he's going to be, no, we're going to go with the clever answer. It makes this sound really top notch, very, you know, up and coming, very, you know, on the nose. Um, no, the question I had is, you know, as always, working in comics, everybody had uh, the first, you know, something that the, the first book they ever read that really captured their attention, kind of introduced them to the, the medium. And I guess in some cases, you know, whether it was nerds like us who ended up podcasting or, you know, guys like you who ended up, you know, forming our own company and creating your own material. What what was your intro to comics and how did it kind of you know, uh, set you on this path? 
Well, my first, very first intro to comics was reading, uh, when I was a kid, they had the Sunday paper, which was full color comics. And I loved the, mm-hmm. the, the weird little uh, Wizard of Id and uh, <laughs> the Far Side was there and uh, Arnie, uh, Beetle Bailey was there mm-hmm. and Sarge and everything. And I would always rush home, uh, you know, after my parents drug me to church and grab the, the funny papers and, and read it. It was free and it was it was fun and it was great. Uh, but my my experience with comic books didn't actually come till I was in college. And you mm-hmm. know, you, you get all these books that you're assigned to read in college that just pound your brain with stuff. And I wanted to read something that sort of let my brain decompress and, and expand. So there was this rich kid, David, down the hall who would buy, you know, a stack of like a huge stack of comics every week on new comic book day. And he would bring him back to the dorm, and I was like, "Hey, man, you know, which all of us poor kids do, right? We say when you're you're done with those comics, you know, can maybe I read them?" And it was comics like Spawn Number One and X Men back in the early '90s, and uh, it was just it was so it was so different and so great. It's like I don't remember comics being this good. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Yes, there was a time. (laughs) Um, And Daniel, what about you? Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, it's kind of interesting. Um, it was really more um, comic book movies. I wasn't a big comic book okay. fan as a kid. I, I mean, I read them here and there, and I, I definitely enjoyed, you know, pretending to be Batman, Superman, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but right. uh, wasn't into the books, didn't really know anybody who had a lot of comic books. But when the, the new movies started coming out, you know, and they, you know the, uh, even the older ones, like the original Superman and, and the uh, Michael mm-hmm. Keaton Batman, these were, these were where I kind of engaged with those to begin with and so it's kind of fitting mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm into that kind of stuff now i and i've tried yeah. to take some of the the qualities that they've brought to some of the newer renditions like uh the nolan series and the, the you know all of the mm-hmm. avengers movies and such and bring that into my own work you know uh kind of accessing that um action epic fun but at the same time kind of telling a deeper story as well uh, so I really admired mm-hmm. those, and uh, I kind of fell into comic books here recently with these guys uh, oh, hey. from the writing end. You know, uh, I produced mm-hmm. an audio drama last year, um, and they they actually approached me from Terminus and said, hey, we, we would like to turn our Dominion series into an audio project. And uh, oh, so cool. I came on to produce that. And in the meantime, basically, uh, as we began to examine that possibility, uh, I came across mm-hmm. things in the story and such and said, why don't we why don't we go in this direction or, or adapt this or change that? And then we said, why don't we right. just, you know, write the books that way in the first place? <laughs> and so mm-hmm. uh, so I started working with Baron uh, very closely on, on what his vision was for Dominion. And now I'm, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of weaving that story in and through the uh, the future installments. So. Right. So, yeah, I didn't know that I was going to be a comic book writer or uh, or work on this kind of stuff, but I'm having a great time doing it for sure. Hey, we, we totally get it because we didn't think us guys reading those, as our viewer called it, the poor kid comics, um, <laughs> yes. or talking down at the shop, um, or at cons. We didn't think, hey, one day 
someone's going to let us, you know, give us the technology to just sit here on Tuesday and talk about <laughs> comics and somehow people care. So by the way, you it. guys we have a great here, intro, but here we are. Yeah, right? <laughs> but that was an ACDC song. I'm like, what? <laughs> every, every time. Yeah. Then the video yeah. from Tron comes on, uh, and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> if, you, uh, if you think that's good, wait till you see the next one. Uh, I there's this uh, artist in the UK that's working on an intro. That's uh, oh my god, he has like Wolverine jumping out of the plane and um, Mario throwing <laughs> Koopa, Batman punching Koopa. It's it's just a riot. Oh wow! Yeah. So uh, yeah, that. Well, yeah. Yeah, Why do you think there's such picture. a delay? We put all our money in the, in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, you converted me to a viewer. You know, I'm going to have to check the show out. I'd never seen seen the dorkening before, but watching that, I was like, holy smokes, this is sweet. No, these guys aren't messing around. Oh, no, no. I was like, that Nintendo oh, stuff no. came up. I was like, I'm going to be on that show? This is awesome. <laughs> We try, we try. <laughs> yes, we do. I had a question for you about the uh, the story of Dominion there. Um, a lot of folks may not be familiar with this. I, I was because I, I actually started reading this, and I'm like, these cities sound familiar, and then there's the Philistines and all that. And um, this is very much a story involving the Ark of the Covenant, which I think most people's main um, exposure to that is probably Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark mm, you know, yeah, um, totally yep. I, I think it's it's interesting to find a way to kind of exploit things that people are familiar with um, have you had any nods or anything like that to other pop culture references in there like Indiana Jones or anything else like um, like maybe there, there's something that comes up with snakes or something it's like, it had to be snakes you know <laughs> any Easter yeah. eggs we should be looking for you know, I think uh, the closest we've come is, you know, a few little bits toward uh, Star Wars and things like that Star at the yep. moment. But uh, we are just getting mm -hmm. started. We have a whole series of books planned out and, are, you know, we're planning to continue the story and really deepen it. And in fact, I was just talking with Baron the other day about where I want to uh, to bring the Ark of the Covenant into the story, because uh, it does appear in Saul's, Saul's timeline in the biblical text that we're, we're using as our inspiration for the Ark here. And so, yeah, I have some pretty uh, neat ideas that we should be seeing in the future installments. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna be interesting. Oh, it is gonna be interesting. When when uh, Baron originally pitched this story to me, um, I, I'm a kid who grew up in the '80s, so you know I grew up coming home from school and watching Voltron and watching Thundercats and stuff. So he's like, Mark, uh, I want to do the story of Saul and First Samuel, um, but I want to make all the characters, you know, anthropomorphic lions, and 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 some characters are gorillas and crows. And and rhinoceros and tigers and I'm like, hey, hey, you know, you, oh my. you have me at like lions in space, man. I, I'm I'm good. Let's let's go with it. Um, so it's been interesting to to see this this story come come into shape. And you know, if you do know the the story of the Ark of the Covenant and the Philistines, you know, it's a funny thing. But every time they steal that Ark, man, you know, boils start to <laughs> pop up on their skin, you know, because that you know that supernatural force which we call the almighty in the dominion story he doesn't like it when the ark goes somewhere where it's not supposed to go and so you know those philistines which in the dominion story are reptiles they're crocodiles and snapping turtles and, and other various mecca shaped uh, rep reptilian creatures mm -hmm. um you see them uh get you know take some punishment <laughs> for you know stealing the ark and for uh going up against uh the, the soldiers of dominion which have advanced technology and they you know dominion isn't a bunch of you know towns and cities uh like in the in the uh 
First Samuel's story, it's it's an interplanetary dominion of, of mm-hmm. worlds and planets. Uh, so that it's 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 pretty interesting for you know a kid who grew. You know, I'm a kid who kind of grew up in Sunday school, kind of dozing off in church and stuff. So Same. to be able, to, yeah. So to be able to tell these stories in a in a in a way that's entertaining um, and has a great story and great characters and is it's inspired by the text uh, is 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 pretty it's pretty exciting. It's pretty fun to do. Very cool. God, his his story was just bringing me back. I got in trouble in Bible school for suggesting that we should include dinosaurs. <laughs> no, it's, that, that, no, it's literally a true story, and I and I got hauled in. And my mother was like, what did you say? I said, I just said that the Bible would be better if there were dinosaurs. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, how cool would that be? You know, uh, uh, Judas and the Maccabees, he's riding a T-Rex. Yeah. I was like, like, come on. That is, that's 80s in general. But I got in trouble. And my mom was like, why? Only you. And I'm like, in my defense, he did not give me a good reason why there shouldn't be. <laughs> Just saying. Have you seen yeah, Land of the Lost? We can exist. Maybe it's like homeowners insurance. They're not excluding it. You know, it, it could be there. They're just not excluding it. You know, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a sniper cut of the Bible. So, yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah I, I mean, have a question. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, no, Mark, you were saying. I was going to say, um, you got in trouble for smart stuff. I got in trouble for when I was supposed to sing, if you're happy and you know it, say amen. I, I would say mayonnaise. <laughs> and so, you know, instead of amen. So Genius. at least you got in trouble for smart stuff. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know if it was smart. It's always kind of come off as a very me thing. But so I had a question. So um, for the people, because we, we've read some, if not all of the books, because you give us copies and whatnot. So in publishing, they always talk about the elevator pitch. You know, if you're in an elevator, you got to pitch the book, you got to do it really short. How would you do it? So for our viewers who, who haven't read Dominion, they've seen the dope trailer. They've heard you guys talk about it. They've definitely reconsidered Sunday school. So if you guys had to do like, like Daniel, if you had to do an elevator pitch for Dominion, what would it be? And then Mark, you said you're working on other projects. If there was like an elevator pitch for something that's coming up, what would it be? So that's, you know, go. So you got to put us on the spot like that, don't you, man? <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, so listen, Dominion, I got, I got, Dominion I, 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 is the story I, 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 of uh, King Saul from the book of First Samuel and the Bible, reimagined in a fantastical world of Star Wars meets Narnia. Um, you know, it's the story of a family, really. Uh, Saul and his queen, Ahinoam, and their children, Prince Jonathan and Princess Michael, and their struggle to determine the, the, the way to lead their kingdom. Um, and to uh, protect it from enemy forces. And so we get to see biblical war reimagined in a new and fresh way for a new generation, something like that. Nice. I buy that for a dollar. Got it. Star Wars meets Narnia, I guess you'd call it. And uh, the other other book that we're actually releasing this week is called Samson Rise, and it's based Mm -hmm. on another character in the bible he's kind of we're, we're we're having a debate whether or not samson is the superman of the bible or the incredible hulk of the bible i'm of the opinion that he's the incredible hulk of the bible uh so it's you know his story is a story of seduction and redemption you know he's he's a guy like all of us who has strengths uh but he also has weaknesses he has physical strength and can you know, he killed 600 Philistines soldiers with a jawbone of a donkey. But 
ultimately his fall was because you know he just couldn't resist a seductive woman right but mm -hmm. uh you know but the story starts at the end of his story and and, and, and goes back to the beginning through his memories mm -hmm. uh but it's created by um you know some creators in australia uh, and they have a very it's a very gritty telling of the story it's not your flannel graph uh, from Sunday school for sure, and mm -hmm. so the the art is gritty. the 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 storytelling is 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 excellent, and uh, we have a trailer for that on our website as well, so folks can check that out, just to get a feel for for what the story is like. Awesome, very cool. Uh, and we have all that information in the show notes down below or up above, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. Uh, and uh, it's about that time, so we'll let you guys go. We'll uh, start with Daniel. Where do you like people interacting with you on social media? Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, uh, pretty much everywhere though. Uh, you know, you can find me Daniel Hancock on on Facebook um, or Director Daniel Hancock, and then on on Instagram, I think I'm Daniel Hancock two two two. You can find me there, and uh, of course, uh, Terminus Media has a lot of our work on there already, so you can check us out there and check out the social media for Terminus as well. Cool beans. And uh, same question for you, Mark. Yeah, um, I'm on all the social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, just You can search my name, Mark, uh, last name Stancil, S-T-A-N-C-I-L. And Terminus Media also is on all the, the social platforms. So come check us out and let us know what you think. We're really interested Definitely. in our audience and, yeah, and being excellent. So. We want to we'd know love what, to hear what yeah. you think of the book too. If you get a chance to read it, please write in, tell us. You know, we, we like to uh, we like to hear people's thoughts on it. Cool beans. Do you have like a comment sec section on your website, or uh, or uh, should we just do it on social media? Yeah, social media is great, or the contact form right there on the site. We'd love to get uh, email from from fans or from uh, anybody with questions or suggestions, ideas. You know, we're always uh, always got open minds for that kind of stuff. Cool beans. Uh, don't suggest any dinosaurs, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 you know what? You know what? Why are you going to put? You know man, what? You can get those in Dominion. Yeah. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying. There's nothing wrong with the Jurassic Park in Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, yeah. that that literally the downfall of everything. We kill them all with salt. Yeah. You know what? Whatever. You know, call me out. Fine. Fine. Let them go. Let them go. <laughs> I, uh, I renounce you, Leo Pom. Oh, much appreciated. Okay. Uh, I want to thank us. Uh, we still got a ton of show uh, coming at you. And uh, so we're going to play our ad for Deadly Grounds, a sponsor here. They, uh, they sponsor network, a little mom and pop shop here in Connecticut. Absolutely make the best coffee you'll ever have. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, Batman meets Fortnite and also uh, Batman Black Mirror. Thank you, Daniel and Mark, so much for joining us. And uh, Thank you. Yes. Here's Have a, a zombie night. talking about coffee. Have a good night, guys. Cool. See y'all. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Uh, so, yeah, head on over to getdeadly.com for uh, your Deadly Grounds coffee. And, you know, I, I praise it too much. And uh, that's actually be why they became a sponsor is because I buy so much damn coffee from them. But Death by Chocolate, oh, my God, it's like drinking chocolate milk. It's just friggin' amazing. Uh, you got to talk about witches brew, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, it, and the cranberry coffee. Ah! 
Oh, I have, so good. I haven't tried the cranberry. I want to order the, uh, there's a s'mores flavor. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so I definitely. Yeah, speaking of the coffee, why is it whenever the delay happens, I always get stuck on Leo? Like, I literally had like an image of him for two minutes of him drinking his coffee. And I just have expected, you know, Deadly Grounds coffee. They're so good. It's sinful. <laughs> and I've watched these commercials so many times. Like, I literally feel <laughs> when we're doing the intro, like, I can literally quote. I'm like, okay, there's there's the come book men. There's Lou Frigno doing his thing. There's uh, you know Tom Kenny, and then you know everybody else, all these people. And I remember when we when we that was the second time I I saw it. I was like, there's a better one with a budget. Holy bejesus! <laughs> like, like it's still no what? dinosaurs. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I I told you guys something personal. It's going to become a thing. I'm fine with it. I stand by what I said. Jesus fighting a Velociraptor was totally one of his feats of strength. Well, have you oh, seen Velocipaster? Yes, I was just about to say that. Have you seen Velocipaster? <laughs> of course I have. Okay. Okay. Drew, you know, Drew I know taking up at a notch. Dinobots. Boom. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it was literally, there you go. Like, wonderful. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. This, this, is, this is Splash Pages. This isn't me. I'm part of this, but, you know, let's get to what we were doing, gentlemen. Uh, Back to focus. Well, uh, I know we're going to talk about Black Mirror, but before we get into that, are you guys reading anything new? Uh, you know, enjoying Like, I, I read the Batman Zero Fortnite one. Uh, How was it? It was good. It, it was, I, I thought it was going to totally suck. I thought it was just going to be like a sales pitch for like Fortnite. But it, it's just like, uh -huh. you know, it, Batman gets thrown into the Fortnite universe and it's just him kicking ass and he meets up with uh, Catwoman. They can't talk or anything. And they like know that he like has no idea who he is. He just knows he can fight. It's weird. And then like he knows Catwoman is like a friend or a lover and they end up fighting back to back like all the Fortnite people, and it was, uh, it's a good read, yeah. you know? Well, not too well, much of a read because he can't talk. Well, the good thing about that is that Riley Brown is the artist for that, and he's truly one of the best, if not one of the greats for Deadpool. I don't know if you ever check out his stuff. He's fantastic, and he said he's one of the best because he draws Wade with a nose. That's like a, apparently a big deal. People don't draw him with a nose in the mask. Really? And I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, kind of. People forget that they have faces behind masks yeah with like bones and structure and i'm like huh i was like fair point but he's great and he is also super friendly if you ever meet him at a con he is just pleasant um okay cool um I'm trying to think oh i'm reading i i actually read i don't know if you guys have been following the flash um i've been reading it uh part of an assignment and it was actually not bad they're basically doing like wally west as quantum leaping through speedsters Oh, wow. in dc history and it's actually been like pretty cool because he's essentially traveling through time helping to fix the speed force but every time he does the speed force like ends up creating a villain for him to fight and i'm not gonna i'm not trying to keep bringing this here but one of them was a speed force powered velociraptor i swear nice. to god i'm not trying <laughs> to keep bringing this back to dinosaurs but it just so happened in the story that there was, and it's actually pretty funny. Um, I will also say one of the other best things is that DC has shown that in the future, Blue Beetle and, and Booster Gold, yes. uh, their legacies will combine to form the Gold Beetle, mm -hmm. who is a female, weird kind of character who's also a time traveler, who, of course, is accompanied by Skeets, 
who keeps reminding her that you cannot mess up the timeline, although she totally will. And honestly, it's really just nice. I've never really been a Flash fan. I mean, I've read Flash. We've all read Flash. You know, Mark Wade Flash. But um, and other things. <laughs> but it, th- this stuff is actually pretty entertaining, and it's just nice to see that DC's keeping up with Infinite Frontier being, you know, one where all the stories matter again and everything is connected. And, you know, it's just, it's nice instead of, oh, well, this isn't canonical. This is canonical. This isn't. That's too dark. This sucks. You know, it's just eh, great. That's me. I'm good. Glad to hear it. What about you, uh, Justin or Velvet Joker? I've been reading a couple of Valiant books, uh, really looking forward to the new release of Shadowman, which actually comes out tomorrow, written by uh, Cullen Bunn. Uh, it's supposed right. to be a horror comic, is what they're they're pitching this as. So, whereas before it was kind of like, you know, you're you're in the vein of like a Vertigo book, like John Constantine meets Swamp Thing type of thing. Now this is going to be horror. So Valiant going into that. Um, another Valiant book that's pretty good is called Savage, which is uh, kind of the story of a caveman, um, which is really interesting. It's like a commandy from DC would would kind of be, um, but just on a brutal edge to it would be Savage. That's that's pretty fun. Um, has anybody been reading Strange Adventures by Tom King? No. So no. I, I started liking the book. And now that we're about maybe three quarters of the way through, I'm not sure I like it anymore. Yeah, it's just um, – and Mr. Miracle was so good, and that's that's the thing. It's like, all right, that was great all the way through, and now it's here. I'm like – So so it's kind of like Rebirth. I mean he started off strong in Rebirth, but then a lot of people fell off like after the wedding. Some of my favorite Batman stories came from that run in Rebirth, which is a hot take. But you, you think of stories like Double Date and um, the story with him, uh, Batman and Wonder Woman that go to fight the demons. I love that mm-hmm. story. That is like one of just the <clears throat> like uh, greatest uh, single issue or double issue stories where it's like, oh, yeah, they're here for 30 years and they almost fall in love. It's just really interesting. Gentlemen, I would like to throw my hat in the ring and say that Tom King's best Batman story was his crossover with Elmer Fudd. Okay. That's, and if that's you have- you haven't read that it is amazing because it's not just elmer fudd who actually shows he's a formidable boss instead of a dumbass with a speech impediment um it's great it's wonderful and uh you know i will say this though if you ever get to meet tom he's a character (laughs) he's a character and the best uh was i was at c2e2 and a friend of mine told me about this panel where him and some of the guys after the con, before the panel, because one of those late panels, they they went to a bar and they got drunk. So they were just at the panel later and Tom King was gone and he is just spilling DC secrets left and right. <laughs> like, like he, it's like he's the, the DC Tom Holland. It is just <laughs> blowing out of him. And they're just doing that like, we're not going to be able to do this anymore if you don't shut the hell up. Um, and then the next day he was fine. You know, he just shrugged it off like a champ. You, you know, um, I got a similar story involving uh, James Doohan. Uh, he, he, oh, God. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was the 30th anniversary of uh, Star Trek. And uh, I, I they I'm messed so up, our, they messed up our tickets. So they, uh, they gave us uh, tickets for like the entire weekend for like all showings. And uh, so mm-hmm. we, we literally like stayed there the entire weekend. And like James Doohan, like he disappeared for a couple sessions. And then came back mm. utterly smashed, and he ended up he he was trashing uh, Kirk so bad, ended up singing Yiddish mining songs, 
it was it was a blast. <laughs> Did he give you the uh, recipe uh, or the formula for transparent aluminum? No. <laughs> you almost had him. <laughs> so, Rich, what about you? What are you reading? Um, well, honestly, uh, Black Mirror took up all my time this week. Um, you know, it, it, it was long. Yeah. And uh, I was enjoying it. But uh, I did decompress yesterday and I did a little video. I actually went back and watched the uh, Captain America First Avenger. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I followed that up with um, the First Avengers. Okay. Very cool. Well, uh, if you want a little treat after tonight's show, head on to P to the Lex, and there may be something new there for you, DC-related. Could be something uh, related to Justice Society. Justice Society. Hey. (laughs) That was such a good run by Jeff Johns. You know, with the when he had those covers that were coming out, Alex Ross covers, Jeff Johns writing it, and yeah. you know, you go yeah. through and it's like Kingdom Come Superman. What? <laughs> that was so great. Yeah, and and that's the thing I love about comics is like just when you have a good discussion, like everybody has like I mean, usually, you know, we we talk very candidly, except there's always that one person who was like, "Well, this sucked. I hated this, and if you like it, you're you're stupid." Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, that's very mature. Thank you. You can go back to your grandmother's basement now. Um, you know, and it's just it's it's just so nice because everybody's had their top favorites. Like I agree with you, Jeff Johns, and it was funny because it was him in the beginning. It was him and James Robinson starting oh, yeah. it. So you had my boy Jack Knight as a as a temporary member for a bit, and that was wonderful. Um, you know, and then James left and then it was just David S. Goyer, um, and then, um, Jeff Johns and then Jeff Johns is like, I got this, but yeah. my favorite still was when the entire JSA goes with star girl to her dentist appointment. So you like, you've, you've never seen just something as crazy as the entire justice society who are full of just super, they're, they're all just crowding around her trying to make her comfortable while she gets like a cavity or like some, a tooth pulled. And I'm just like, this is amazing. And yet somehow wonderfully accurate, like friends would do this. And you're just like, beautiful, perfect. They're just good people, you know? Usually. But the question is, are we ever going to get that John Byrne story? Okay. All right, hold on. You've been teasing this story forever. (laughs) Okay, first things first. I was saving it for when we talk about Hellboy. But because somebody is an impatient little trickster, I'll tell the story. So I was, uh, and this is, by the way, this is a story that Mr. Mr. Velvet Joker here is very jealous about, which through the time I've known him, he will periodically message me about a story I have. He's like, I'm jealous. And I'm like, but you're the Joker. He said, I can put on an unhappy face for you, you know? And I'm like, that's fair. So I was at 2018, I was at Boston Comic-Con, and I just happened to find out ahead of time that John Byrne is going to be there. And this is a big deal because this is John Byrne. This is Man of Steel. This is one of the, the co-creators in the beginning of Hellboy. This is Star Trek. This is Uncanny X-Men with Chris Claremont. This is huge. Alpha Flight. You know, yeah. yeah, thank you. Alpha Flight. You know, um, and we're talking about a creator who's has his career is just as long as his controversy. Like, like he's literally... I think one of the rock stars of comic books in a way, like for every great thing he's done, he has pissed somebody off, <laughs> you know? 
And and he sits there and there's like this, you know, there's a line because other people realize it's John fucking Byrne, as Rich would have done as well. And, you know, his he's got an attendant who's walking around. He's saying, it's like, okay, everybody, it's 10 a pop. You know, it's got to be, it can't be a trade paperback. It's got to be the issue. You know, it can't be part of a collection because apparently he has a thing about that. Um, fortunately, I, I didn't do that. So, hey. So I, I met him. And it's so funny because, you know, like you guys have gotten books signed by people. So, you know, now they start writing your name on it because they don't want you to sell it. So he does that for my Man of Steel, which is fine because it's a great book and I'm not selling it because despite my feelings about Superman, it really is one of the best um, origin stories. Um, he doesn't do that for Hellboy, which in my mind is so much more important because I already have it signed by Mike Bignola. So I'm like, this is huge. But he doesn't, he just, John Byrne. And I'm just like, thank you. And, and but he was a little bit grumpy. He had that old man grump face going. And a little small talk, but it was just like talking, talking, done, bye. And I was just like, okay. And I was like, I met John Byrne. And I, had, I took a photo of it while he was signing my books as proof. So uh, naysayers won't be like, Hey, you, you didn't meet John Byrne. Lies, erroneous, mentiroso. And I'm like, no, senor, es la verdad. Um, and it was wonderful. And I still can't believe it happened because any time afterwards has been ridiculous. Like, oh, you can get a something signed by John, but you got to buy this $50 book. Um, it's just whatever. But it was super dope and it was really nice. And Rich will never let me live it down. Yeah. Well, it's rare that he comes out. I know. He's, he's like a comic groundhog. You know, you see him, it'll be 40 more years of controversy. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, it was great. Listen, Rich, I know if you could go back in time and meet someone like Cesar Romero or Jerry Robinson. You would do it in a heartbeat. Just... Oh, I'm Jerry Robinson. There you go. See? Per yeah, I did it at New York Comic Con, and I've always beat myself up that I cheaped out that day, and I didn't have him do something in the next year. Ah. Uh, I felt the same way when, um, oh, fuck, uh, the other guy in Preacher. Uh, it was Jarth Ennis and Steve Dillon. Steve Dillon without a con. I love his work with Garth Ennis, Preacher, Punisher, all that. I just saw him there. Just saw him there, sitting. He didn't have an line. Just sitting there like a dude. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get him next year because I didn't bring any books for him. He dies. Aww. And the same thing happened with Darwin Cook, who I would Aww, love yeah. to meet. He was doing a signing at, at, at a comic shop. I could have brought so much. DC Infinite Frontier. His Every cover he's ever done. Gorgeous. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go to this nerd party. Dead. And Even his stuff on, like, Batman Beyond and, like, developing that. And, um, like, before Watchmen, which is pretty underrated, but, like, the, the book that he did, The Minutemen, it was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. He was, listen, he was Darwin Cook was one of the geniuses who made modern comics into a wonderful homage to Silver Age in a way that was both effortless but really a true testament to his ability. And and comics, uh, for both of them, Dylan and, and, and him as well, every time we lose a great, comics is a little less bright. I mean, hell, even when we lost Richard Corbin, like, what was it, last year? That was a huge loss because... Who does horror comics better than Richard Corbin? I mean, come on. He was amazing. Um, so speaking of horror, The Black Mirror. Yeah. 
That's uh, a segue. <laughs> totally. And, and, You're welcome. Yeah, thank you, Drew. Uh, so welcome. I'll do my little uh, spiel here. So uh, Black Mirror, uh, this is uh, published in 2011, written by Scott Snyder, one of his first stories, and mm-hmm. art by Jock and Francesco Francavilla. Uh Cover mm-hmm. price was $3.99. Uh, so channeling my inner Sophia, picture it, Sicily, go. 2011. Barack Obama was uh, president. The Dallas Mavericks won their first NBA championship in franchise wait, 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 history. Leo, 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 slow down. Say that first thing again. <laughs> uh, Barack Obama was president. Oh, that feels good. Hold on. Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> uh, get, get our minds set. And yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll say it again. Barack Obama was president. A great time. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dallas Mavericks won their first NBA championship in franchise history, beating Miami Heat 105 to 95. We mm-hmm. paid a ticket price of $7.93 to go see Captain America, the first Avenger, Fast Five, Four, X Men First Class, and the Green Lantern all came out that year. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, I re- watched it recently. It's, it's watchable. <laughs> There's some good parts in that movie, you know, and, and I, I feel like people forget that. Like that scene with Toma Ray and those concentric rings of green creations, that is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, excuse me. There are three great things you just named. It. The second one, Michael Clark Duncan as Kilowog. Yes. yes. And I know Mark, what the third one is. Mark yes. Strong as Sinestro. Not only owned it, but it was so sad that they did the end credits and he literally becomes Sinestro. And you're like, God fucking damn it. Why isn't this better so we can get more? Yeah. Uh, Sinestro War. Yeah. The greatest Green Lantern of all time. Canonically. (laughs) Well, besides Guy, I guess. Yep. And just like all all well, and just like all Green Lanterns, boy, does he have an ego. So, <laughs> uh, so on the boob tube, we watched Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, uh, when it was actually good, Sons of Anarchy, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, Always Sunny, Community, Modern Family, and Raising Hope. Uh, if you're a kid in 1985, on Saturday morning, cartoons were not a thing. And uh, we're sorry you missed out, but you did get to watch Adventure Time, Thundercats, the reboot. Young yes. Justice, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and Archer. Uh, nice. Gas cost a whopping $3.53 a gallon. Prince William and Kate Middleton said, I do. Japan is shaken up with a 9.0 earthquake and tsunami, and Hunger Games books were released. So uh, the Batman Black Mirror is a Batman storyline featuring Dick Grayson, written by Scott Snyder, with illustrations by Jock and Francesco Francevilla following the Impostors storyline by David Hine. It's the final arc in the original run of Detective Comics before the series was rebooted into a second volume with Faces of Death feet during the New 52. Mm-hmm. It begins the Snyder Batman run, which is continued into Gates and Gotham and the Court of Owls. So this storyline deals with the return of James Gordon Jr. after a long hiatus, reintroducing him into publication as a remorseless killer. His Mm cold-blood psychopathic tendencies are a sort of black mirror of the soul that Dick Grayson sees himself reflected in. They're completely at odds as the son of Batman and the son of Gotham, Snyder, also introduces several new characters, including the dealer, Roadrunner, Mm -hmm. Sonya Zuko, and Tiger Shark. Yes. 
So if I may make a suggestion before we proceed, I think we should yeah. definitely split this into two separate discussions within it, because I feel like we have the the James Gordon Jr. section, is, which is definitely we have to talk about. Yeah. And then the, the, the Richard Grayson side of it. Because really what that is, it's a it's a Dick Grayson story. The the Black Mirror is essentially a Dick Grayson story. And then the other ones are really more of the Gordon family, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's like what do you I, I feel like that, that's what do you guys think? Yeah, that's, that's what right. I kind of like. Now now Drew, before we actually get into the meat of this, um yes. now this is the last story in the new fifty two. So now at this point, Bruce, now correct me if I'm wrong, is this the point when Dark Seed blasted him back in history? Yep. And they went through all these sort of elseworld sort of where he was going in history, bouncing right. his crack. Uh, well, this is actually afterwards because he would come back alive because of course Batman could survive that. And he decided, hey, I'm not just going to be Batman. There's going to be Batmans all over the world. So he creates Batman Incorporated, and he's going around the world setting up Batmans in, in every country. So thus allowing Richard Grayson to remain as as Nightwing, oh, not Nightwing, as Batman, which personally I still feel has always been the best replacement option besides Terry McGinnis. Because Richard Grayson, I mean, come on, who else could be Batman who'd really understand it like him? And uh, personally, I feel like the entire run of him as as, um, as Batman was handled beautifully, whether it was Batman by Tony S. Daniel or stories like this, they really just showed that he was a he was a great but different Batman. Now, uh, how long was he Batman? Um, he OK, he became officially Batman in the Battle of the Cowl miniseries. 2010, and, I think. Yeah. And then he had his he had the Batman and Robin by Grant Morrison with Frank Whiteley in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, where it was him as Batman and then Damien as his Robin. And then that continued. And then you had that synonymous with Batman, uh, the series, which, yeah, that kept going, which honestly, the stories are great. I really do recommend those for fans. And that kept going till I would say issue like seven. It was issue 713 for Batman. As we know, Detective Comics, uh, this story then led to the Gates of Gotham, which then led to the New 52. And, our, and my boy Scott Snyder just kept getting better with each story. And for those who love history, Gates of Gotham was fantastic. So I do recommend that. I, I, God, I feel like I'm a walking Wikipedia of comics right now. Jesus. <laughs> we love it. We like, love it. I know. I feel like I'm a Pokedex of comics. Like Rich would be like, oh, what was that? And I'm like, oh, that was that issue. And then I'm like, bam. This was just before uh, the New 52 era. What you were talking about, the price, too, $3.99 per issue. They did something called Drawing the Line at $2.99, which I think was like a a Dan uh, Dido or is it Didio? But I think it was his initiative where he just said, all right, we're doing this. And that was such a relief at that point because, I mean, here we are coming off of, okay, 52. I'm getting a new comic every week. Then there's Mm -hmm. Countdown. Then there's Final Crisis. And you've got... You know, um, let's see, I think Flashpoint before this, but um, you have um, uh, Black as Night. So DC is absolutely just creaming competition with every story that they have, in my humble opinion. But mm-hmm. it's it's just like, oh, and I, I could not buy enough of these books between Batman and just whatever else is going on. I mean, it, and then they finally did that and, and go into the uh, the big launch of what was it like? Um, 
I, I don't even know, was it like 15 to 27 different number ones of the new 52 at the time? And mm-hmm. I think I have most of them still, but it was like, oh, you guys are killing me. I got to pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Have you seen Nerds at a Convention? We don't care about money. We We're spending. <laughs> we, we spend it so easily on mac- overpriced macaroni and cheese. <laughs> uh, or the Ghostbusters cereal, which everybody's freaking out about. You know what? I just don't get it. I mean, and I and I and you'd think, oh, you wouldn't have a box. I'm like, I'd rather have Ecto Cooler and Ghostbusters cereal. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. You know, they you released know? that in cans not too long ago. And I and I tell you, I enjoyed every single one of them. Mm-hmm. You mean you every didn't you, you didn't save one for posterity? I have one saved, and I will never tell anybody where it is, but it's probably done now. Um, but yeah, so. So, because uh, I'm not going to get lost into that containment unit. Um, <laughs> uh, back to this, yeah. this story. I mean, honestly, you couldn't have had a better uh, creative uh, collaborators. I mean, Jock just has that really nice style. That it's this nice, unique mesh of both of both realistic and yet oddly cartoonish. You know, kind of like a horror Darwin Cook in some way. Um, and then you have uh, Francesco Francavilla, who, um, I mean, his work on Black, on Black Mirror was amazing, but he really came into his own when he was doing um, Afterlife with Archie. I mean, by God, did that style just nail the, the horror aspect. And it really did work so perfectly with uh, the story because it just felt like it was a mix of like a, a neo-noir um plus a horror comic and it was wonderful the the colors and everything it was just in my opinion that was the, everything was firing on all pistons because you know sometimes in comics there's like the writer is a little better than the artist or the artist yeah. really shines but the story is meh you know you know all-star batman and robin um, <laughs> want some lemonade <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> every, every year i always joke about it I'm, my girlfriend i'm like you know what the, this is the year you're gonna read it and she said hell no and i'm like good answer <laughs> so but i don't know i i personally thought the story was was great um what did you guys think because i could phew, i could waste another hour <laughs> i like the latter half better than than the beginning part um i i was glad to see you know some good banter and all that from dick as batman but some of the some mm-hmm. of the stuff for me it's like all right i really enjoyed more the story of jim gordon and uh, his son coming back and how that reacted with with um barbara and just how they incorporated everybody into this like even bullock is in on this and it's such mm-hmm. a huge just juxtaposition of what you normally get and it right. was just such a good detective comics it reminded me a lot of like the backup stories that they've had um and and the actions the action's good and i mean i'm not a huge fan of you know inventing a character for like a one-off story and then he's done like like the guy like the dealer i'm like okay where does he come from where does he go then you've got the you know cotton eye joe and you've got um you know the road runner (laughs) the road runner and you've got um tiger shark i thought tiger shark was pretty interesting kind of a compelling foil but the others were just too like on the nose. I'm like, oh, Roadrunner, okay, he's doing this with cars. I'm like, you know, so that stuff. It's like, okay, it is what it is. It's what you expect of it. I like the Dick Grayson Batman, and um, mm-hmm. I I love Tim Drake anytime I can get him. So the fact that he's just in there talking about stuff with him and, and going through it is great. And um, 
one thing that's interesting too is the way that Alfred interacts with Dick is so different than how he interacts with Bruce, and that was really mm-hmm. fun to see. So, yeah. but um, I, I don't really have much else to talk about with the the first part of the story. I think some mm-hmm. of the stuff was kind of on the nose for me, like the whole mm-hmm. idea of like, hey, we're gonna bring in a mobster, and guess whose daughter it is? It's like, oh, okay, well, you're throwing Zuko out on there, and it's kind of like this red herring, but it's not, but it is. So I definitely enjoyed it, but I really enjoyed the latter part of the story a lot more. Mm-hmm. What, what, Rich, what do you think? Well, um, I actually um did enjoy the first part, um, especially like some of the imagery, like uh, the whale in the, uh, um, just oh, in yeah. the lobby with, and then the dead girl just kind of flops out as as they're discussing the whale. I thought that was kind of brilliant. Yeah, and, I, I don't remember that really. And um, some of the imagery with like um, Dick as Batman, just sort of hanging upside down, and things that you know your body can't possibly do, but um, you know the way he draws it is just really cool. <laughs> and uh, and also, um, I really yeah. thought of thing, uh, sort of him being um, going into this sort of cult type uh, situation and being found out right, right away, which is not normal for Batman. You know, uh, so that was kind of an interesting mm-hmm. twist and him uh, barely making it out alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I just felt like he was a, definitely a different character. He handled it differently than Bruce would have handled it. And uh, I thought he did pretty well. Yeah. You know, it's so strange because I feel like around 2011, there was this idea that, that there are like super villain auctions. Because I remember they did that in um, the Omega Drive arc for the Punisher and Daredevil during uh, Mark Wade's run of Daredevil. And, and you know, they had that, that whole auction for this thing that could bring companies down to their knees. And I seem to recall there was also like a a, a, a like a, a super villain one where the Punisher bought like a web shooter from like a spray Spider-Man web shooter. And even in X-Men right now, they did something like that where they're selling things the highest bidder, which also included one of Wolverine's severed hands, which of course Wolverine being in the audience, it was like, um, what? <laughs> How many of these did I leave behind? Um, Many over the years. I just I really... He's had at least three. Apparently. I and yeah. I did, yeah. And uh, uh, for me, I thought the best burn was when Dick calls uh, Zuko's daughter by her real name. And then she corrects him and he's like, no, no, that's what I said. And then he just flies away. I was like, yeah, that's a Batman <laughs> dick move right there. Like, that it is some straight up Batman. Um yeah, but, you know, again, what I just like is it was just nice to see somebody who's Batman and it's not a one-off, you know, because in the past, Dick did would, did fill in as Batman. I think that was like early, like late 80s, early 90s. It was like after Nightfall uh, kind of deal. And he was he was Batman for a bit. And but of course, you know, it always ends up being back to Bruce Wayne because, you know, around that time, only Bruce Wayne can be Batman kids. I'm glad they've loosened up about that now. But I mean, honestly, for three issues, you know, I thought Snyder really packed in a lot of good story. It moved because, you know, sometimes with some stories and gentlemen, I have to be honest with you, you see this a lot in Marvel. They'll stretch something that could have easily been three issues into six. And it's like, why? Just condense. You know, but they're just like, oh, it's got to be six issues because we've got to properly convey the story. It's like, listen, if I wanted to watch a bunch of filler, I would tune into the CW. Well, also, okay. also you know, uh, so. I've complained about this before, but with Marvel, you get like the first, you know, half of the book is retelling what happened in the last one. And that's, yeah, that yeah. is true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Well, uh, the Chris, the Chris, the Chris Claremont. Yeah, that narration Let's style. Forget that uh, Marvel and DC are in it for the money. This um, Another this did remind me a little bit too about uh, kind of like a Daredevil story a little bit with like the uh, the way that Dick moves. He reminds me a lot of Matt Murdock. Yeah, definitely. But I, I got to be honest with you, like. What a great way to bring back a forgotten character of the Batman mythos. Like I honestly had like we I feel like we put so much focus on Barbara Gordon and then there that weird time where like, oh, she's actually uh James Gordon's um niece. No, she's his daughter. Niece, daughter, niece, forget it. Um <laughs> Webbit season, duck season. <laughs> it it <laughs> exactly <laughs> Gotham. Um, it's just, it's, I completely forgot about this kid. I mean, I, and I've, I loved anyone and crazy. And I love that James Gordon, like who we basically look at as like the saint, uh, policeman of Gotham. He feels like he's responsible. He failed his child that because of what happened in year one, he caused his son to become a psychopath, Mm -hmm. you know? So in all the evidence is there and he's, he's just struggling Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, Barbara is so convinced that this, this kid is a killer and all that. And he's like, I really want to find some sort of redemption for my son. And you can see just how hard this is for everybody. And this was like just so emotionally resonating with me just, and again, I like the first part, but this part really stuck out to me and I'm like, this is just so good. And there's like these little totems that, you know, Snyder and Jock or uh, Francisco are throwing in here, like the little bat keychain, you know, and it's like, it's the silliest thing. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, this is to a chemistry set. And he's just this kid that wants to play with a chemistry set. And what did he do? He bumped off the best friend and, you know, Barbara's convinced of this into her adulthood where she has been like probably researching this forever with her Oracle resources. So it's like this hot button for them and they're just so entwined. And I thought it was so, such a compelling tale. Yeah, I, I, I totally I agree. agree. And you know what's the... funny thing, guys? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Drew. Go, go, go. Joe, you, you no, no, no. I, I was going to say. No, I... I was just going to say. <laughs> uh, go for it, Drew. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I totally agree with you guys. And, uh, you know, I love it where at one point, uh, you know, Barbara goes, uh, you know, we should bring this to, uh, uh, to Batman. And he's like, no, we're going to keep it between blood, you know? Uh, and... and and I loved both the beginning and the end, but you just uh, the kid, James, uh, just, you know, thinking about the different villains that Batman has faced and just thinking about how scary this kid is, is just as a psychopath. Like uh, Barbara wakes up with the, the two uh, um, knives in her, her carded arteries there. And, uh, you know, you think mm-hmm. he's going to go into a long story and he just whips the knife out. You know, that's just <laughs> yeah. cold as blood, you know, just. You know, how, you know, looking at all the different characters, like, how cold is that? That's friggin' evil. He scared away a child right. killer, yeah. you know, because, like, he stared back at him with soulless, icy cold eyes and scared away an arsonist that was killing children. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know? And, and, and I, again, we're all people who, who I assume have watched um, enough horror movies in their lifetimes. I kind of got a little bit of a, a Halloween vibe. While watching it, like the kid was his own was a uh, Gotham Mike Myers, and his sister was Laurie, and 
you know, the, the, uh, James kind of was the Dr. Loomis, you know, trying to, to, to help Michael, uh, you know, trying to like basically stop him. And then the sister is like, no, he's fucking nuts. Like you need to kill this guy. I know he's my brother. Shoot him in the fucking face. I got to get that. M- I got to get it. I got to get us that mature rating, guys. <laughs> Thank um, you. That's a really good illusion there. You know, um, yeah, I didn't yeah, see you're it. You're welcome. You are dead on, Drew. Yeah, I, it just it just occurred to me. I was like, it's kind of a little Halloween there. So I will say this, gentlemen, and I feel like this is because I, I feel like we Rich has just stoically been standing in the shadows like a certain somebody in this comic. So since <laughs> his favorite. Uh, made a cameo. Hey, Rich, how, how did you feel about your boy's uh, little Hannibal Lecter moment and uh, how we apparently need to never let him, never touch him because even his toxins or yeah. sweat is dangerous. So so take it away, Rich. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. well, first of all, I don't like being blamed for things I don't do. Really <laughs> irritates me. Really irritates me. Mm. And, um, you know, much like Hela in the Thor Ragnarok movie, even as I saw mm. in that auction, so we're going back to the first part of the story for a second, the crowbar, mm. I, I was like, that's fake. That's fake. Yep. I had my Hela moment. But anyway, sorry. Moving on. Mm. Uh, yeah, Toxic Skin. Um, that was a new one for me. Uh, pretty cool and creative. Um, but yeah, with from one insane mind to another, I really appreciate the uh, creativity on that one. Woo-wee! Absolutely. Um, Snyder was really uh, reaching at my inner joker there. That is a, a, a type of insanity that I had not thought about till uh, reading that. And I was like, oh, that is that is really interesting. Just taking the chemicals and then finding things because it, what he said, the feathers of the... Mm-hmm. I can't think of what the name of which bird it was. The, was it a thrush? It was uh, ironically the bird that uh, this guy and his wife who had cancer were going to look at at the uh, the aviary as well. Right, right, right. and and that whole tie-in. Um, yeah, I, I I thought that was crazy. Um, uh, I loved it, Drew. I thought it was brilliant. Um, I, I love that yeah. I was sick. I love being toxic um, to even the touch. I mean, that is uh, that is a new form in, of insanity. And then he wanted so to get caught. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was one other moment, Rich, I wanted to ask your opinion about. He, the Joker, it confronts Richard Grayson as as Batman. And he talks that he knows that that Dick isn't Bruce. So you have that that amazing awareness that that the Joker, you know, knows his enemy to the point where he can tell you're not Batman, which is something correct me if I'm wrong, that was furtherly explored later on in Death of the Family and the New 52, which is still one of the, the best things Snyder and Capullo did uh, in their wonderful run of New 52, which I'm sorry, if someone has missed out on that, you got to catch up. Um, how did you feel about that, Rich? Uh, how did I feel? Well, it, it's really interesting because... Um, you know, in studying the Joker over the years, you know, he really sees himself as a mirror image of Batman. They're um, the same yet different. Uh, same, mm. same, different. Um, right. 
But uh, yeah, he knows his every movement. He knows his body style. He knows uh, the way he gets punched in the face by him. I mean, Joker has to know Bruce, and and we and we see him through through comics. He knows his um, he knows his secret identity, obviously, and he's just never going to reveal it because there's no reason to because that would ruin all the fun. And that is a beautiful classic, classic cover. Um, so good. Yeah, it's it, it's amazing that. The whole bats forming, the whole top of his face, and the truly mm-hmm. twisted, twisted smile. But um, mm-hmm. and uh, for those of you listening, and, um, uh, I, I think even in this comic, I think they even write that uh, he smell he smells him different. He's like, oh, you smell like the bird. Yeah, he knew he was a Robin. Yeah, and uh, and mm-hmm. he knows because he's fought him for years too, and um, yeah, very very cool yeah. tie-ins. Um, yes. Thank, thank you for asking my opinion, Drew. Uh, You're welcome. Just, you know, we've, we got a clown here, so we might as well go to the circus. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, um, I, you know, he, he had a much smaller part in this storyline, um, but definitely effective. Just enough, right? Just enough Joker sprinkled in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I always, I always like a little extra Joker, but, you know, we'll take it with this one. Love that Joker. A little, little, yeah. little arsenic. So For everyone. So, Leo, so... Yep. What did, what did you think, man? Like, you know, because again, you keep you keep interjecting, and we keep like, no, no, we're we're still talking, Leo. And I was like, it's kind of running the show. Well, guys. well like, you, you no, can't no, this man who's who's, who's who's getting bankrupt because of this. Yeah, so and, you know, well, no, no, it's I, I'm loving the conversation uh, everybody's having. I I just want to say for the audio listeners, uh, the issue that uh, Rich was uh, referencing is the cover of 880. Uh, which is a phenomenal cover, and uh, uh, I own this. Gorgeous. I own this cover, uh, this floppy myself, um, when I oh, was yeah. collecting back then. But yeah, it, it's just the utter madness of it. I, I love that you touched on that. You know, it, it's uh, you know definitely has a lot of horror elements. Um, but yeah, it, it's I absolutely loved it. I the, I can't find any fault with it. You know, the artwork is amazing. The storytelling, Snyder, uh, Snyder is just phenomenal at storytelling. And uh, mm-hmm. now I want to go back and uh, reread, you know, uh, some of the New 52 after reading this. It's just absolutely lovely. Oh, yeah. I like that the jock style kind of looks like Capolo too, a little bit. Like there's um, there's like a similarity that they have. It's the it's the way that they do the shadows. It's very, it's very, um, well, Capullo. Uh, was definitely you know, again the guy worked in Spawn, so he yep. very much had that, that aesthetic of the flowing cape into the darkness of the shadows, you know whatnot, which was perfect for Snyder's horror style because you got that real nitty gritty uh, kind of down to earth horror. You know, it's not uh, Hollywood style; it's very much '80s sweat and blood and gore. You know, like it's real. Um, it's so dank. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> it, it is really, dank. Like the basement it, it scene really that is. that Leo just showed there, where um, you know you see like the guy that one time bullied James Gordon, and he's like, oh yeah, he's cut into pieces in the basement. You're like, what? No, in in that no, other scene for there, me. Oh, just wow. Ah. <laughs> yeah, that scene yeah, was like for really me effective. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like for me. It's always for me in comics, and I don't know how if you guys feel this way. For me, it's the little moments that I really admire. Like you don't even need uh, like a speech bubble or a text box. You just have the image, and that's where I feel like that's the writer showing he has the faith in the artist to really convey this. Like uh, um, 
Barbara Senior, which still sounds weird, um, you know, in the bathtub yeah. with the Joker, you know, but it's not even that. It's just she literally, she's getting Glasgow smiled. And it is just scary because it's got kind of a shining feel to it, you know, in the tub. So, like, like yeah, look at that. Like, that is, like like, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, she totally does. And it's it's just crazy. You, um, and then even even then, for me, another great moment was when James was when uh, uh, James Gordon finds the key that that uh, the one that Barbara's friend claimed that she had lost. That he was like again oh, yeah. proving that his son had been a monster all along, and either he didn't see it or he didn't want to see it. Yes, and it's just like I'm sorry, like if this ever got to be made into. Um, a film, this would be, especially if it was done right and adapted well, this story would be heartbreakingly, like, tragic. And I think, honestly, why not, you know? Uh, I just want to butt in here. Because that was the thing. He was... Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, yeah. Angelina Deacon no. uh, says, uh, hi, all just woke up. Hope everyone's well. Uh, she tunes in uh, all the time from the UK. Love seeing her in the chat room as of everybody else. And uh, we got some uh, new uh, new watchers as well. So love it. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Gotham, girl. <laughs> Welcome, new people. It's nighttime in Gotham. We're rocking it. Pick up your books and read. Turn the TV off. Well, cheers. <laughs> Uh, another thing I was going to say, I, I, you know, uh, the interaction between, uh, Dick and Gordon and, you know, that one time where he says, you know, I'm just not used to you still being there when I turn around, you know, absolutely love it. You see how similar it is when he's in the crime lab and when he's on the roof with the light, like their interaction is almost identical. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, he pretty much knows that's Dick Grayson. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, Cause wasn't it near the end of the story? He basically was like, I know you're Batman. And that reminds me of a panel uh, from Hush, uh, where basically Bruce ba- uh, confirms he's like, "Listen, like this is ridiculous. Like Perry White is too good of a reporter to not figure out Clark Kent was Superman before everybody knew." And it's the same way like James Gordon is way too good of a detective to not be like, you know, Bruce Wayne disappears a lot of times that Batman shows up. And he's all alone in a mansion. He's got a butler. He's kind of creepy. Could be Batman. Just connecting dots here. Connecting dots. Or he's, you know, a psychopath. Uh, doesn't James Jr. say something about, you know, uh, you know, being within the family? You, you know, you, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to not know, you know? He knows uh, a lot and more. James, yeah. Yeah. And then James knew. He knew that, that Dick was, was Batman. You know, again, that's the best part is that this guy is is like us. He doesn't have superpowers. He he yes, he spent some time in Arkham Asylum, just like our our our, our brick wall gentleman over there. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, he's 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 one of us. He could be anybody, and that's the crazy thing. Remember at the end, they have this thing like, did he end up poisoning the kids? Like, are they going to turn into him? You know, there's this wonderful horror ending, which is great because with I feel like people forget about horror is that there is no happy ending. If you're dead, you're dead. But the survivors have to realize that the world they they knew in the beginning is gone. They are now part of a new reality where they have to face the fact that they survived and that it, it's going to change them. 
you know, and yes, they stopped James. They saved Barbara, you know, but spoiler, he's still, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, he still ended up dosing children right. and we don't know. Like, did that have any effect? Maybe. Or, you know, or, yeah. Is it village of the damned? I don't know. Well, may you maybe know? that's uh, why Gotham went all to hell, uh, you know, just a couple months ago, everything we're right. going through. But he stole—he basically stole my idea. I mean, basically putting Smilex in the uh, water system, and he just modified it. Yeah. I feel like that's more of a penguin plan, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but, but Leo, I swear, you're so right. Like, the second he just, like, revealed he had just stuck two knives in her legs, I was like, God, it, it's like it's, it's like it's taken from a, a horror movie, you know, and I know we mentioned horror quite a bit, but, you know, this is something that you'd see in one of those, you know, like uh, uh, was this in Child's Play where they did this with a girl in a wheelchair? Um, I, you know, I think you're thinking of Tusk because remember oh, in Tusk, Tusk, you know, he kept cutting off appendages to make him into the walrus. And it's like, oh, you had a spider. He bit you. I had to save your life. I cut your leg off. And I'm just like, really? Like, run. I mean, did you, you know, as well. Man. Did you guys pick up on that breadcrumb where um, he, you were talking about how he went and did a scared straight stint at uh, Arkham and he makes friends with the Joker and tips him off to go yeah. shoot Barbara? What? Oh, my yeah. God. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. It's like, what? No. And, and, and then he's just like, just kidding. And I'm just like, are you? I'm like, this is you? some Alan Moore level crap here. I'm like, what is going on? And, and it, it's so funny because you almost would f forget it. And then suddenly you're like, wait a second. Is he saying they're like, God damn, this yeah. kid is, is vicious. And it, and it's so sad because they, they ended up using him a bit more throughout the time. And I'm, I apologize to anyone listening, bit spoilers, but he recently uh, passed away in uh, in Batgirl, the the the, the uh, Batgirl issue 50, uh, before it closed up. And I got to be honest, again, he he died and he framed his sister for his his suicide. You know, he framed Barbara, and I was like, really? Like, so I guess to quote Rich, you know, he really did get the last laugh. Um, you know. But he, um, it was also interesting, the aspect where he talks about, like, he always knew that Barbara was hunting him, so he actually feared Barbara. Mm, it's true. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Jordan you. says, howdy, hey, Steve, and uh, a bunch of people watching, so uh, make howdy. sure you say hi. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this howdy. Was, uh, this was, uh, you know, the issue here, uh, going towards the end, where, you know, she's saying, uh, you know, I said I thought you were different from all the other big bad Gotham villains, and because you've been so forthcoming, I'll tell you a secret. That's what always scared me about you because I knew you were uh, came from me uh, there and wouldn't be a grandstanding. There wouldn't be any speeches or crazy traps with vats of acid. That's when he just mm -hmm. rips the rips the knife out of her uh, her femoral artery there. Yeah, I just see you standing across the lawn holding those those keys, and I'm like, "What is that? Oh, you know, it's it's really poignant." Uh, Steve Jordan says, uh, "We'll keep it in mind if you use a character who uh, is not a happy camper is going to find a way of getting revenge on some things." Who's who's not the happy camper here? Because I'm thinking it's Barbara. <laughs> you know. Oh, you know, was another great psych out. Do you remember when um, when he first meets his dad? 
he makes it out that he killed the waitress and stuffed her in the toilet. Oh my goodness! Yeah, what? A, and then you see the water just creeping out. Right, and you're just like kidding. Yeah, right. And then at the end, his dad is gone, and he just he clogged the sink. I was just like. You can see why the Joker likes this kid, because he has a really funny, messed up sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. And you know what it kind of also reminded me of a bit um, when he was being normal-ish? Kind of reminded me of that movie, The Stepfather. You know, the one where he kills his family and then he goes to another one. and He's all like, oh, yeah, great. We're part of a new family. And then he starts to see more of who he really is and he starts killing people on the side and stuff. Like, like I wasn't surprised when I'm just like, oh, yeah, my best friend. I have him in the basement. He's missing limbs. I took out an eye. <laughs> like, because I'm like, you know, I just saw our, our, B, our BFF, Dick, or, uh, Dick Grayson. He had a lot to say about you. Okay, so let's see. Uh, operation, we're going to go for the liver. I was like, oh, boy, that is just, uh, it is just, uh, you know, playing operation in Charles Manson's house. Yeah. That is just frightening. Uh, um, real quick, uh, Steve yeah. Jordan says, uh, nah, it's that dude and uh true story. Uh, and, uh, Angelina says, uh, thanks. You've ruined my life now with spoilers. <laughs> ha ha. Uh, Angelina, make sure you join our splash pages group, uh, over on the dorkening where we, uh, uh, we'll give you a heads up what we're reading for the weekend. Uh, if you get a chance to read it, a lot of stuff is available on like DC universe or, uh, Marvel unlimited. And, uh, Miranda says revenge is best served ice cold. Ha ha ha. Okay, so one, Angelina, I do apologize because I feel like I've kind of been the spoiler king right now. Um, but it will not stop you from appreciating this wonderful cacophony of illustrated comic books here. Um, second thing, someone just quoted Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's wonderful, especially because, you know, if you hear that line, you hear it in the Batman animated series. You know, that is a is a dish best served cold. Oh, I, I, I hear it as Arnold. Oh, do you? <laughs> wait, wait, I can do that one. Hold on a second. You know what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> chill. <laughs> you know, and it's so horrible because to this day, you're just like, God, that's a horrible movie. And But you still can't look away. It's just yeah. a wonderful action figure selling the toy uh a spectacle it's just a big old after school special of what not to do in superhero comics hey mark chimed in uh nora and uh steve says uh i'm just a gotham city firefighter lol <laughs> right. you, you know it's funny uh, batman and robin i would contest this still probably better than wonder woman 84 i've yeah i've yet to see it but <laughs> I, I i sometimes feel like the Okay, I, this gentleman, and I feel like you would agree with this. I have a weird aversion when things are super popular. Like, for example, when Avatar happened, everybody was like, oh my God, Avatar, see it, amazing, James Cameron. And I was like, really? Because I feel like James Cameron has kind of been in a bit of a rut. Okay, his last biggest thing was about a ship that you knew it was going to sink. Okay, it's like getting upset about Lincoln. When he goes to the theater, you knew what was going to happen. The same thing, the second that that boat is going, you're just waving saying, oh, you people are going to fucking die. You're going to fucking die. Jesus. Actually, my sister has a funny story about uh, seeing Titanic in the theater. She made a joke uh, uh, about the ship sinking, and the people behind Mm -hmm. her got, like, all pissed off. Oh, spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. So, uh, so I was watching Avatar and people were talking about how genius it is. I was like, actually, 
Uh, it was genius when it was Fern Gully, when it was Dances with Wolves, yeah. when it was <laughs> yeah. anything else. Because um, I watched 20 minutes of it and I was good. I watched the ending and I was just like, James, you wrote Aliens. You wrote Terminator 2, which still holds up. Yet mm-hmm. somehow Unobtainium was the best you could do. Retire. That's That was pulled from a Bull- Rocky and Bullwinkle sketch. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Angelina yeah. says, uh, we'll do thank you. I'm only joking, mate. English banter. <laughs> Cheerio. Um, so, but I just, uh, with with popular stuff, I'm sorry. I just, when someone's like, oh my God, it's amazing. And I'm like, is it, is it really, is it worth sitting four hours? And I'm like, I mean, I'll do it, but there might be some whiskey involved. I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, it's the same thing, Wonder Woman. I was like, everybody either loved it or hated it. And I'm just like, well, it can't, it's not going to be worse than Catwoman. So I think we're going to be fine. Leo, did you love Wonder Woman 84? I, yeah. I know you, you like things. I, it was, it was watchable. It, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely missing something. And, and I realized what that was is, you know, other than, you know, being too long of a story, it didn't have any 80s music in it, you know? It, yeah. It, it's, you know, you look at like Guardians of the Galaxy or, or you know, something that has music of that era and uh, it didn't really, it needed that to tie it together, to bring you into that atmosphere. And the whole, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, I didn't love it. It was watchable. I watched it once and I don't know if right. I'll watch it again. You know, I actually have a theory about that because I feel like back before Marvel and DC made a thing that a good superhero movie was just usually kind of luck. Like, you know, when, when Batman came out, everybody was like, Mr. Mom is going to be Batman? Fuck off. You know, like, no way. The guy and from then, Gung Ho? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? You know, um, and I feel like some of the real gems are the ones that weren't big, you know, DC or Marvel, like Dark Man, like yeah. Mystery Man. Um, uh, and then it's funny because now my brain... Uh, super right, and then my brain is also thinking of all the ones that didn't make the cut. So now my brain is like, I was like, these were great, these were horrible. You know, Howard the Duck, Steel, uh, Barbed Wire. Uh, by the way, kids, if you want to really have a drinking game night, check out any of these movies and just go to town. <laughs> Props, especially if you can watch all of Steel drunk, because there's nothing funnier than Shaq trying to be a superhero, which is sad because he's actually a fan of Steel. But God, that movie's awful. Um, uh, Steve says, I've never seen Wonder Woman 84, but if you're going to do a movie, make sure the sounds of the 80s have to be a part of it. You know, actually, can I just say a point here? Yeah. I feel like I'm glad that we're having this. I'm I'm kind of done with the 80s and the 90s. What? I want the early 2000 movies. You know, I want when we, like when I was a teenager, I want to see The Warp Tour. I want to see <laughs> Taking Back Sunday. Uh, my Chemical Room, The Pink Spiders. I want to see people going, like I said, Warp Tour, Big D in the Kids Table, Thrice, um, Screamo. I want to see the death of the boy band era. And, you know, I want to see all these things that I remember being a teenager. Stir, Drowning Pool, you know. Exactly. You basically, you know, when, when, you know, if you were really feeling emotional, you put on a Linkin Park album. And you're just like, oh, my God, somewhere I belong is really the mantra that really gets me or numb. I'm like, 
this song really touches me here. Back and when you could so play a Linkin Park yeah. album and it would summon a new Transformers movie. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, Steve, I, I'm not, uh, I love the 80s. I got the last three years of it. I'm just saying that, you know, we've had so much 80s lately. Give me the 90s. Give me the early 2000s. Let's move on to some of that but nostalgia. We, we I, you know, because, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Steve, because, yeah, the 80s was my era as well. And we got to 90s with Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, Miranda, I feel old too because I knew nothing of what the hell he just said. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I'm like, I, Lincoln Park, I got that part. Yeah, Lincoln Park, okay. that's about it. That, that was the only. God, you know what? Can you listen? Uh, can excuse me? Can I get the orderlies? Uh, you know, grumpy and grumpier old comic book men need to go go to their room over here. Oh. Hey, um, I, I had issues when I was driving to work, and it was uh, uh, it yeah. was classic rock, and freaking Green Day came on. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? You're like, wow, <laughs> long view, really? Corn. Uh, seventy yeah, corn. What was that? Velvet. Drew, what year were you born? I was born in '87. Oh my god, I graduated high school in '89. Okay, you know what? Listen, I, again, I caught the last three years. It's okay. You know? I'm just being old. Yeah. I'm not doubting you for it. You know? uh, I, I envy your youth. Huh. Uh, when was the first Batman comic released? 81 uh, years ago. Yeah, well, yes. But uh, w- that was um, Detective Comics uh, issue. 27. 27. Right, issue 27. That was the 30s, right? It was 1939? 1939. Was year after Superman and the year after um, Wizard of Oz. Uh, it, she says, hi, sweetheart. We'll call sweetheart you soon. We'll call you soon. Is that for you, Leo? Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We just lucked out, guys. <laughs> Crossy's love. Yeah. It's, it's only four of us, so we just got a battle royale for the girl, guys. Yeah, yeah. I've seen this in school. We get the gladiators. We'll get nuts. It'll be crazy. Yeah. You like so, gladiator movies, you know. baby? <laughs> Billy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mark says uh, Blade was a great movie. Wonder Woman needed flock of seagulls. Prince, Depeche Mode, Nirvana, Unplugged, Alone could have been a great soundtrack for the '90s movie. Uh, oh, uh, for okay. me, guys, Miranda says. <laughs> okay. And uh, okay. Steve, we love you too, Miranda. Yeah. Uh, and Steve says, uh, Drew, uh, we have tons of 90s and 2000s, but hate to say it, uh, just a sad time. And when the movies then, besides uh, some of the superhero shows, came out then. Uh, but, hey, I graduated in 88, so enjoy. Uh, that's a good okay, point. Like Smallville. Yeah, yeah, Smallville was awesome. Okay, listen, I just want to point out it was important because when we were in high school, okay, everybody made fun of the comic book nerds, wearing the shirts, yes. knowing the names. 10, 20 years later, we're running the goddamn show. Everybody wants to be the everybody, even when bros are dressing like old man Logan, you know we've won, but we are benevolent <laughs> and we are only so so petty. Okay. And so we, we will, we will be uh, fair rulers, but we will still remember that you guys are still bitches. Okay. George Lucas Mala. You know what? First things first, Mr. Velveteen Joker. Okay. Just, I'm good. I'm just I'm saying. Velveteen, baby. Don't hate. Okay. Listen, silk satin, calm down. Okay. So, um, no, I'm just saying, you know, just popular stuff. It's just, I don't know. When something is really very hyped, I just can't trust it. 
you know, I just feel like it's just too much. And that's just me. So I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that's just how I feel. And I do agree with Steve that Nirvana, when I heard that for the new Batman, uh, that Nirvana song, I was like, boy, this fits so well uh, for that new Batman trailer. I was like, wow, this really works. Don't. We're looking for some more seal. <laughs> that was a great soundtrack, man. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, the, the flaming lips on that with uh, the Jim Carrey part and, Man, that that is a good, and even the U two one. It's so like it's of the time, and it was so vivacious. And you're like, wow, 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 wow. You're like, all right, cool, Batmobile. All right, you know. Okay, Rich, I'm sorry. Anytime that comes on the radio, you have to crank your to forty, open the windows, and you don't care how dumb you fucking look. You can't help just singing that, and in the most exaggerated soft voice, especially when it gets low. <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, did you know that when it snows and then you just, my eyes become enlightened, you know, just, you know. Um, you guys see Thunder Force yet on Netflix by any chance? Because oh, there's yeah. literally well, this part. <laughs> we've been warned again. Yeah, yeah it, it's, uh, Angelina says, uh, uh, feel like I'm watching The Big Bang, but ouch, did you just call us old dirty dogs? Ha <laughs> ha. Um, uh, I'd like to think we have better personality and our jokes are better than Big Bang, but fine. My last name is Cooper, uh, so. <laughs> if you say Bazinga, but once, okay, <laughs> I'm going to. You I, like train? I will tell you, cut the power. Cut, cut, cut his cord. <laughs> I'm more of a Leonard. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> You know, just going back to what you were saying, though, Drew, about like the things that get really hyped and popularized and all that. I definitely understand that, and and I feel that like from like the counterculture aspects of it too. Look, he's just out. He's just, he's yeah, he's out. out. <laughs> it's uh, sometimes you have to read through that, and and you can see the joy in things. And you know, I, I make light about uh, Wonder Woman eighty four, but it it did have some some watchable parts. I thought yeah. the first part was pretty good, yeah. but then there's things like avatar. I think if we had seen it in 3d, maybe it would have been a different story, but I'm in the same boat as you. I went to, I went to Disney last year and I went to the mm -hmm. avatar world and I'm like, all right, this is a thing, you know, it just, it wasn't really exciting to me. So I, sometimes you could see like the artistry and you could see like shiny colors, but it just wasn't really, you know, it's, it's not my thing either. So I, I understand that aspect of it. Yeah. I, I agree with you, but what, what is Bahiga? I, Someone said that like Bahiga replaces Bazinga, but yeah, Bahiga replaces. Yeah, you know I, what? Listen, we're just gonna stick to Thundercats, okay? You know uh, the Dorkening. Ho! No, no, we we, like we actually have Larry Kenny saying that. I I, I do have well, video of that. Uh, Steve Jordan says, uh, "Well, the only thing uh, that might come to mind on the issue of W uh, Wonder Woman eighty four, they might have not had the permission to use any of the eighties music." That was planned. So, Matt, it was all good. They, they, the three years of production of that movie, they couldn't have missed this. Yeah, you know, and, it's, and the budget. Th that was a know? conscious choice. You yeah. know? Listen, as long as we didn't have whatever the hell is always playing when Wonder Woman is on screen and then the Snyder Cut of Justice League, because I'm sorry, about the fourth time that that comes on, I'm just like, I got it. I got it. Yeah. I understand. Please, can you stop? But just every time, it's just the the chanting and I'm just like, this is right up there with Aquaman and his chorus of sweater sniffers. Like, oh, thank you. Do you hate that too? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank it's, you so it's, much. It, it, it's just, it's one of those where I'm just like, there's a reason this was cut. Okay, I just want to point that out here. Um, yeah, uh, Larry. Oh, Kenya. hey, Mark. 
Hey. Mark uh, Stansel. Yeah, uh, Mark, uh, check back uh, a couple months back. We actually had Larry on the show. It was a lot of fun. Oh, my God. You did? Yeah. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. I feel like you really have to meet someone on a convention circuit on the worst day for them to be such a douche. I mean, we all have douche stories. Let's yeah. just be real here. But yeah, but voice actors very rarely are unhappy people. They're so pleasant. Yeah. You know, um, we, did, we just did one with uh, Townsend Coleman. We got him to tell all these wonderful stories about uh, his old Fred Wolf uh, Turtles cartoon days. And um, oh I didn't know that he was uh, the voice of Scott Howard on the Teen Wolf cartoon. And, oh, I didn't know. And I said, I love Teen Wolf. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah, but to to your point, a lot of these guys hang out and they get along and, and they help each other move and it's just mm-hmm. fantastic. So, Leo, are we almost at that point? Uh, I feel like yeah, we're 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 long past that point. But uh, okay. it was such a great conversation, you know. It's just yeah, yeah. So, so are we doing the the rating the crowbars? Oh, to- totally. Uh, so, uh, Justin, if you're not familiar with it, we do a rating out of five, uh, and the ratings are in crowbars. Uh, and you can use a file to shave off some of a crowbar. So if you wanted to give her a percentage. Uh, so uh, why don't we start with you, Justin? I'm going to go four. Uh, it's it's definitely far from perfect, but it's the really outrageous moments stick out so greatly that you can't read this book and walk away and not remember some of the key points, which you can go years in a comic book and not have those moments. So I'm going to go four out of five. Awesome. Uh, how about you, Drew? You know, honestly, I'm going to go the same thing. Um, honestly, I might even go for four and a half. So it's like half an iron crowbar. So which is like a plier, right? Um, I would go with that. The style is great. I love Scott Snyder. His his storytelling, like you can see why he does Batman so well with this. And the artwork is fantastic. It's really just it's a wonderful shadowing of the mix of Batman love plus horror plus action he would bring in the new 52. So I'm going to go four, four and a half crowbars. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Velvet Joker. 4.25. Just straight up 4.25. Uh, I thought the art was great. I thought the storyline was great. Um, it did have a few holes in it, like we said. Uh, but all in all, it was uh, a fun horror comic that... Um, you know, it definitely wasn't pushing four and a half for me, but uh, there were some definitely key scenes that were sort of integral, um, even if the new 52 does not still exist. Awesome. Uh, before I give mine, Angelina says, thank you for another amazing show, guys. Angelina, thank you so much for joining us, as always. Uh, and Steve Jordan says, uh, yes, yeah, actually from a young lady named Bahiga was at a concert for Elvis Presley. And the young lady said her name and some of the group of the clown Vis to the rescue show as a greeting, say Bahiga. And, uh, well, Bahiga. Bahiga. And Miranda says, have a kick-ass night, guys. Thank you, Miranda. And uh, next week uh, is uh, our show lands on Star Wars Day, May 4th. So we're going to pick a nice Star Wars buck. And uh, for me, I'm going to go 4.2 and absolutely loved it. And, uh, yeah, this is definitely uh, ranking up there for one of my favorite Batman stories. Absolutely loved every part of it. And uh, I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. Definitely had a lot of people uh, joining us. And, uh, you know, you guys don't go anywhere. Uh, except the viewers, and uh, we'll catch you guys uh, next week. We'll actually tune in tomorrow. We got still token with, and then uh, the dorkening. We'll catch you guys later. Bye. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> we forgot. <laughs>
How many uh, endings is this? Uh, real quick, Justin, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on social media, Justin Cooper on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on the, uh, let's see, on the Dorketing Network at the Geek Life HQ podcast and uh, also the Epic Tales from the Sewers Ninja Turtles podcast. Awesome. Drew. Oh, right, it's me. Uh, you can look for me. I'm Drew Mallow on Facebook. I'm Ghostbusterman 1984 on Instagram if you want to see my cosplay adventures. And I'm also a writer. It's got, it, it really is. It never ends. God, this is like Lord of the Rings with the multiple endings or Spider-Man. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I, I'm also a writer for Screen Rant. So if you look up Drew Mala's Screen Rant, you can see any of the articles that I make a nice amount of money from anytime someone looks at them. So that's me. Velvet Joker. Flash pages, Tuesday nights. Sayonara. Good night. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, for me, just Google Leo Pond. Uh, I do a bunch of stuff and I run the network and uh, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. No more delays. Bye.